What is good, my spiritual sidekicks, my spiritual booze, and my spiritual bays? So, I'm not sure what I'm going to title this. I don't even know. Obviously, haven't um, put a card up. Hopefully, there's a thumbnail. <laughs> um, I'm pulling from the True Love Reading Oracle. I know. What? What? Divine Feminine, Musings of a Divine Feminine is doing a love reading? Girl, get out of here. Yes, boo. I'm gonna, I don't know. Um, I've been reconciling my thoughts on, you know, exiting stage left or right or whatever. Um, but I think that part of the reason I'm re-entering, um, even if it, it might be far and few between, is because what bothers me is the things that I have seen and come across in terms of, you know, like love oracles or um, anything having to do with um, readings for relationships is that they're like kind of toxic. And um, y'all know I, I came in with the tarot. I'm into spirituality. I like to hinge more on, on oracles, which are more, I don't know, just different in my humble opinion. But I, I do understand that part of tarot is reading the current energy. And so it can mean that there are low vibrational things that the collective are working through. And so where I see myself kind of filling the gap in, you know, like how they say, you know, be the, the, the adult that you wish, you know, um, people had when you were a child type of a thing, or be the person that you wish you, you know, you had. That's kind of how I see it. Um, so I think that moving forward, um, if, and when I do pull love readings or, um, readings on the divine masculine, um, if I do any readings on the Divine Masculine, it's going to be... I just did one where it was related to the um, to business. And oh my gosh, you guys, that one was... I had so much fun doing it. But the downloads on that message, even pulling from the Divine Masculine deck and relating it to business and Jupiter, um, amazing, right? But um, I think that me pulling from the Divine Masculine in the future is, is to imprint in your mind what a healthy divine masculine looks like and what are his traits and what are his characteristics and what are his strengths because right now what we're dealing with is unhealthy um, images and we're kind of normalizing toxicity whether we realize it or not um, you know the idea that your divine masculine the love of your life is going to be ghosting you and orbiting you and um, breadcrumbing you and a love bombing you and that type of thing and that you're supposed to sit around for three months, six months, eight months, a year, three years, eight years waiting for him to confirm, you know, that he sees something of value in a relationship that the, both of you can move forward with. And um, I think that as much as I'm 
disgusted <laughs> with with that um, energy that's out there. The best that I can do is kind of put out there what a true divine masculine should look like. I think I'm going to continue to work with divine feminines. Divine masculines are always welcome to listen in. But I, I stand in the on my square in terms of I'm not here to give advice to men on how to man. All I can do is just pull the Gods and Titans deck, explore it and analyze it alongside my Divine Feminines and look at what chivalry is. What is a protector? What is a provider? What is a loving companion? Um, how do you engage with that energy and... Um, at least we'll have a healthy contrast in comparison to what's out there. So um, this is kind of like an intro, I guess, to us segueing back into love readings and couple readings. Um, this one that I'm going to pull from today, it's just the idea of what is healthy love. So at no time in, um, should you ever take my messages to um, try to get back with somebody who's discarded you, like, at that point, I will just put it out there that I will just nullify any of the energies if that's your thought. If you think you're going to come on here and hear from me that I'm going to tell you if somebody discarded you and they walked away from you, leave them to go the fuck on. Like, for real, I wish more women would just be in that energy. I know, I know, I'm probably going to get some pushback, but listen. One thing for sure, I'm in the minority. I'm definitely not a girl of the masses. Um, that is definitely where I think I'm set apart and distinguished. Like to me, listen, if you can look into my big brown eyes, okay? I know one of my exes used to tease me about that. My big brown eyes. Okay, and you can see, you know, and, and we're going to talk about it because I think one of the things I was talking about yesterday, and that's kind of how I got here, is um, I was just sharing how, you know, I had an ex reach back out to me after like 10 years. I honestly, it's been so freaking long. It it was, I want to say it could be been maybe like maybe 12 years, but it could be eight years. I don't remember. I I just remember we were in college together in the same program. But aside from that and remembering his name and obviously some of his characteristics kind of stood out a little bit, but um but one of the things that I said in that podcast is kind of what led me up until this point. And like I said, some of my ideas on you know the views and things I've been seeing about relationships. But one of the things I said was, you know, I'm getting to the point where I can tell I'm starting to just have a little bit more of like that twinkle in my eye and I'm starting to see the sense of humor in things and I'm starting to just be at peace with understanding. At the end of the day, a lot of you know, I started my my podcast to kind of document. I thought I was going to be rubbing it in y'all faces that I was with my divine masculine and we were doing this and we were doing that and we were so in love and da 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 da. But um obviously not, right? I'm single. But um, and, and, and you went through with me in the phases of going through the depression and coming out of it. And, um, you can even hear the lightness in my tone and in my voice since then. And you start to see that I'm aligning with my mission, my purpose. 
I'm just squeezing every ounce out of life. I love life so much. And I know that I'm going into one of the best years of my life. And the days ahead are so bright and so cherry and so paradise, like a paradise, paradiso and Eden, right? Um, And so... What I'm um, getting at is part of the, you know, the, the, the depression came from the way that things ended, but now that I'm in a place where I can heal and I've flushed out some of the negativity, at the end of the day, truth be told, we had grown apart, okay? And um, there were incompatibilities there, right? And I think that um, just reflecting on on my last the, the one that I had reached out from ten years ago, I as I was talking it through, I was kind of having a eureka or or an aha moment or a um. Oh my goodness, what is the word that I want to use? Um. There was a a word. <laughs> you guys, I I'm stuck on the words. Um, I know we used it when we were looking at the um, persuasion tactics. There was a word that we pulled up. Anyways, it was an aha moment where um, I realized, you know, I, I was saying, well, I it didn't really hurt me that much. I got over it, you know, but I definitely do not want to re- reconnect with him. Obviously, we grew apart and we were just not compatible. But I think that I want us to explore and talk a little bit more about what healthy cu- coupling is and healthy um, uh, conscious uncoupling is. Conscious uncoupling is when, in a short definition, um, is when you both kind of start to understand that your souls are drawn to each other and that um, there's conversations to be had and things to be learned from each other. But you just really, I mean, you, you were drawn to him because he has dimples and he has the curly like hair and the thick lips and he got some height to him and he got his you know, like a muscular chest and the big biceps and the nice calves, girl, right? Or you were attracted to her because she's like a PYT, just cute, the dimples, the soft lips, smelling nice, got the herbal essence, smelling hair, you know, um, cutest laugh, like pigeon-toed, small waist, whatever, right? drawn to each other, you have the conversations, but somewhere along the way, you start to find out that maybe, you know, the chemistry's not there like how you thought. So you're kind of magnetized to each other. And so how do you handle the, the, the realization that, you know what, um, I'm an introvert and I want an introvert or I want an extrovert. And, you're, um, you know, it's just not, we're not meshing, right? I think it's, we're going to have fun with those conversations moving forward. And it's not that they're bad and it's not that you're bad. And then you start to learn that there's soul contracts and some of them are just an ebb and a flow. I know we, we talked a while back about all the different types of, of, um, 
ways that you can meet people and learn people. And, it, and I think we get fixated on the twin flame when there's so many other juicy, beautiful, enriching, complementary, enlightening relationships. And so when we go into, when we go into that, into thinking like that, we can have healthier um, uh, conscious uncoupling where it's kind of like, you know what? Um, and it's funny because I want to get, I want to, I know my last two exes on God, on everything. I learned from them. They're almost my pillar. Um, one was a Scorpio and one was a Pisces. And I have those placements in my Trinity. And they're definitely pillars in my life. The Scorpio taught me how to Scorpio on God. And um, he was one of the first people that I knew in my age range that was so successful and so driven. And I saw how he ran his, you know, the, the company that he was blessed to manage and changed my life, changed my life. And then with the Pisces one, you know, um, there's so many things that, that resonated even with, with, you know, the ebb and flow and things that we were going through. I was picking up lessons and I learned from him too. Great manifester, um, impacted my life in many ways. And even when it comes to, to how I view relationships and it kind of gave me a peek of how I can come across other people too. Um, so, but, and so I'm saying all of that to say, all of them have lessons and I, I don't want to spend too much time. I really don't remember the guy from college that much, um, other than we were in school at the same time. And a little bit of it could be that at that time, even though I was raised, um, Christian and thinking I was spiritual, I don't, I can, as I'm thinking it through right now, impulsively, I don't think I was at the level of consciousness that I was with the last two exes. And that's why I'm able to kind of analyze it. That being said too, the energy is still a little bit newer. Um, um, I, and yeah, because even I think with my first boyfriend, I think that it was a relationship, but it wasn't like I was really learning things from him. Um, I enjoyed his company. Um, but yeah, just, can you imagine the contrast between, and so it's it's almost an example of um, levels of consciousness. Um, if you understand going into something, this might be, I'm willing to make this a little bit longer for you guys because I do want to pull a card, um, but I'm kind of giving you an intro and I hope it's helping you in some way. But you can see the, the increase in degrees in conscious coupling and you know, a little bit more conscious with the last two relationships, kind of understanding myself a little bit, kind of understanding men a little bit. Um, uh, but now any relationship that I go into now, I'm going in fully aware that I might be there to teach a lesson. They might be there to give a lesson. And there is a possibility that somewhere down the line, we're going to either could grow apart or we might find out we're not compatible and we might have to go our separate ways but do it in a way that is that is still healing right that's really it's if it sounds like a lot of work it is <laughs> right but it's the conscious way of doing things it's the healthier way of doing things um 
So yeah, with that being said, you know, um, let me shuffle from this card. And I, I um, as I'm from this card, from this deck, this True Love Reading Cards deck, it's one of my favorite decks. Um, I absolutely love the two um, swans on there. One of my um, nicknames that I go by, it, it means swan. And so I just always have loved seeing the two swans on there. Oops, something. Here we go. Here's whoa card that came out. I don't know if you heard it. It fall out. Divine masculine. Now we have done a card on divine masculine before. I think in the past, though, I didn't read from the guidebook. So if you wanted supplementary messages, I would say go back and listen to. Um, the oracle I did on the Divine Masculine from the True Love reading card. Um, the messages are flooding back to me the same way that they did back then. It's so funny because in when I when we were talking about, um, I just did an oracle, uh, the business oracle with the Jade Emperor, and I was explaining how men compartmentalize things, and um, that adds to the, the organization. And here we have this Divine Masculine with the squares in the background, and they're all color-coded, and they're all in nice little neat squares. And even like the sketches, you won't be able to see it on the um, thumbnail, but it's like they have the neatest um, organized... Um, it looks like somebody used a pencil to color it in, but they didn't just like scratch all over the place. They're like very diagonal, very, you know, all the same and that type of thing. But let's read from this for the Divine Masculine. The other thing I wanted to say, yeah, so I think I drove that point home was levels of consciousness. We, before we would just date and we would get into relationships and expect things to happen. Um, the next level of consciousness is you're starting to understand yourself, become self-aware, become aware of other. And then the third phase would be kind of like now paying attention to, you know, what your contributions are to each other and um, paying attention to how to end things amicably if it comes down to that. Now, that being said, the kind of gray area would be you know, when you meet your match, it's uh, this idea that relationships don't just happen. They take, they take um, work and they take understanding communication. Now, that being said, let me say this too. I'm willing to go just a little bit longer. What I'm going to do now is just explain a little bit of the reason why I also want to get back into love readings. Um, I want us to explore the planetary placements. Um, right now, Venus is in Aquarius, and then Venus will be entering Pisces on uh, November. On um, November, <laughs> what? Uh, Pisces. Uh, mm, Venus will be entering Pisces in April fifth, twenty twenty-two. I'm gonna just go out on a limb here and say, um, check out the erotic astrology for um, Pisces that I did um, last month. And no, we're still in March. Oh my gosh. It feels like it was so long ago. But yeah, check out the erotic astrology for Pisces. Because um, that's going to give you insight. Um, we're all going to be in that energy um, as a collective. And that talks about our love style and our love language. But if I get a chance during that time, I'll, I'll also kind of do a supplementary um, oracle on that one. 
For the next few days, Venus is in Aquarius. So that means that your love style is going to be kind of like um, creative, expressive. Um, one of the things I learned about Aquarius as we're getting, as Mercury is getting ready to go into, um, into, or Mercury currently is in Aries right now, um, is, no, 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 wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me slow down a little bit. One of, yeah, so Mercury is in Aries, but when I was reading how it would affect Aquarius, Aquarius was one of those zodiacs that they're so expressive that they are going to be, you know, in poetry and art and music and dance and just every possible way that you can imagine to express something. So you will notice that if you leverage that energy in your your intimate intimate relationships, in your love style, I do also have the erotic astrology in um, Aquarius. You're welcome to check that one out. I did have fun recording that one also. But yeah, so just something for you to think about, but I'm going to be doing these more often and kind of giving you insights on where Venus is and how that's going to affect your relationship um, and some of the things that we can work on. Because I think as I was working with other um, placements, I started to realize that, um, like, for example, we're in Aries right now. And I've come to understand that even though I'm not in Aries, I do have Aries placements, I'm being taught things that I need to understand so I'll be better next year and the year after that. If I shy away from it, then I'm not going to be the best version of myself, if that kind of makes sense. And it helps me to be a well-rounded person. But we need to do it in our business, in our in our communication, and even in our love style. So now let's get into it. Mm. Oh my. And you know what's so interesting as I'm looking on the index? There is distorted feminine and the distorted masculine. But I think it's so fascinating that what came out was the authentic divine masculine. I think there's something to be said about that. So let's go to page 38. And let's just read this. Okay, it's only one page. So it says, the divine masculine emerges in direct response to the presence of the divine feminine. He's always present, but needs the positive space created and held by the divine feminine in order to grow and develop. The masculine energy is characterized by protecting what is truly valuable, being attentive, helpful, and able to make decisions. I want you to really listen to this because this is what a divine masculine is supposed to be. Not this other um, low vibrational stuff that we're being sold right now. This is it. The masculine energy is characterized by protecting what is truly valuable, being attentive, helpful, able to make decisions. It displays leadership qualities, a sense of accomplishment, and sets goals, building, creating for the good of all rather than individual gain, facing and overcoming challenges in a more linear, direct approach to getting things done. Isn't this such a contrast to what we've been hearing about what a divine masculine is or who our love partners are, or who our love interests are, or significant others? This is the gold standard. 
It says, furthermore, the masculine is sensitive, spiritual, intuitive, but he approaches and expresses these qualities in ways that are different from the feminine. The masculine enjoys getting results and experiencing a physical form, physical outcome from his effort, often utilizing art or music as a rich embellishment to honor the divine feminine energy that also flows through his creation. The divine masculine can move mountains, yet be incredibly subtle at the same time. Right? So he's not operating in fear, chaos, disorder, or any of those things, right? He needs to return to the feminine forces regularly to replenish himself, which in the past was regarded as a weakness, leading to the distorted approach of attempting to dominate or control the feminine. Yet when he looks around him, he sees that the feminine is available to him in unlimited abundance and he is free. It says, you have drawn this card today because your masculine energy needs to create or achieve something. You know, and this is going to apply to to women too. Um, I wish I had more time to expand on it. If you kind of get it, you get it. But I, um, the past couple of um, oracles I did today is about the divine feminine. I think I kind of alluded to it in the Jade Emperor, the organization oracle for business. Um, we talked about how the divine feminine is also being called to be well-rounded and round out her creativity with structure. So it says, um, and then Divine Masculines, you continue to work on this for yourselves. It says, you're drawing this card today because your masculine energy needs to create or achieve something to bring a project through to its fulfilling conclusion for the good of all and to let go of the idea that you are weak because you are the nurturing, you need the nurturing support of the feminine. Divine Feminine, that's a tip for you right there too, right? You're the nurturer. <laughs> and and what does it mean for us to nurture that energy, right? And healthy, because I know some people are going to be like, you know, you don't want to be a mammy. Listen, no mammies over here, at least not anymore. But we will explore and unravel what that means, right? Look to the things that need to be done in your life. Look to where you are too hard on yourself or excessively independent and give your divine masculine permission to work his magic in his own way. And again, this is so cool. I just love the synchronicity because whatever people decide to, you know, butterfly in or drag fly in and then flutter away from, they're getting the same messages just in different forms. Some people might come in and get the messages that are how to use this Aries energy that we're in. Aries is all about that impulse and that drive and wanting to get things done, but how to do it in a structured and organized way um, and following through. And that's what this last chapter was, this last part was about. Um, Uh, because your energy needs to create or achieve something to bring a project through to its fulfilling conclusion for the good of all and let go of the idea that you are weak because you need nurturing support. When we were exploring Aries, it was kind of like sometimes they don't think things through, they don't see it to completion, and they only think about themselves and not don't think about how to fix others. So um, all of us are being... uh, 
asked to use that Aries energy to see things through to completion and for the greatest good of all, right? Love, love, love this energy. I'm going to put it in the thumbnail. Um, you're going to see the picture in the thumbnail. Um, so yeah, your girl is going to come back and do some love readings, but uh, I kind of gave you the context. We are not going to be doing any low vibrational stuff. This is for definitely for singles and for people looking to move forward into healthy, conscious relationships. We're going to have those conversations to see how much progress we've made. And it's definitely going to be in contrast to some of the things that we've been seeing. Um, some, some tarot people deal with the past or the current. We're going to be looking with the, with the future and what is healthy right? And setting that standard. And then that's where we'll set our sights and that's what we'll aim for. So I hope that this was a blessing to you. Um, yeah. Divine Masculine is showing up. You know, I can't wait to do these again too, because there's like life purposes staring at me. Sacred woman, maturity, serendipity, commitment, hey. Um, inner peace, resolving conflict, worthiness, chivalry, love, love, love. Divine feminine is right behind chivalry. Love that. Connection. Love that too. Chivalry, divine feminine connection. Love that flow. Now there's distorted um, masculine, but right behind that is reparenting yourself, reinventing yourself. Compatibility, forgiveness and sexuality. <laughs> I know I haven't done a um, sexual sex energy exchange um, reading. I don't know that I'm ready to do that one yet, but in due time, maybe in another week or two. All right. So I hope this is a blessing to you until the next love reading. Be blessed. Peace.